Minimalists. <laughs> Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing that's just feeding your greed. Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it. Hello, simpletons. You may notice something different right now. By the way, I'm Joshua Fields Milburn. And I'm Ryan Nicodemus, and together we are The Minimalists. Welcome to The Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. If you're watching this on video, you'll notice that I am in my kitchen right now, and Ryan is in, <laughs> in the studio with Podcast Sean. And Was, we wanted to take social distance, distancing to the max. <laughs> this is like heaven <laughs> for me. <laughs> Finally, Ryan. I'm able to live out my dreams. Uh, I ordered a bunch of mayonnaise jars from Amazon. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to be peeing in them for weeks. Oh, dude. No, um, actually, I'm home because I have some cold symptoms. I, I don't have any reason to believe that I have come into contact with uh, SARS-CoV-2, which is the uh, actual name of the novel coronavirus Um People often con confuse the coronavirus with uh, COVID-19, which is the resulting disease from SARS-CoV-2. And so uh, just to be safe, I I'm pretty sure I just have a cold. I, I don't have any of the major symptoms of, uh, of COVID-19. I don't have a fever. I don't have a cough, but I do have some symptoms. I am not asymptomatic. And so I'm recording this from home. And this is a nice little experiment, I think, for us Ryan, I, I think you would agree that yeah. right now. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, a lot of podcasters do things remotely and uh, it comes out great. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is a good test. I think it's always better for us to be in the studio together. But uh, this is this is a great plan B, I feel like. Yeah. And the, these are some extenuating circumstances. And so today I wanted to talk about how to live through this. And that's a bit of a double entendre. Like, obviously, we want to live right mm -hmm. like we, we want to survive this even if we do get the re resulting disease COVID-19 even if I do have that right now which I again I don't suspect I do but even mm -hmm. if I do we want to live through that but also we want to live through this like truly live to the best of our abilities considering the circumstances so I was hoping Ryan you and I could record a, a, a somewhat of a, a quickie episode over the next 20-30 minutes and and talk about some things that we can really make the best of an unfortunate situation. Because I do think after a lot of reading, a lot of contemplation, uh, a lot of self-quarantining, I, I do believe that we are going to see some, some pretty trying times ahead of us. And totally I don't, agree. I, I don't mean to sound alarmist. And, and in fact, I want to be the opposite of alarmist. I'm, I'm very optimistic about the future. And I think a lot of these changes are going to get us outside of our comfort zone. And that's a really good thing. You know, you go back and read the Stoics and they, they're going to tell you that if you just stay within your comfort zone, you're going to atrophy. And so this will be a, a time of growth for us, but not in the way that we think about growth. Right. It's not GDP growth. Mm. Uh, in fact, Ryan, I, I was just walking down uh, Melrose Avenue today. I was taking uh, the advice of my doctor, one of my doctors, and getting some sun. And uh, it was a ghost town. I mean, mm. it was 
I, there were blocks. I walked several blocks on Melrose Avenue, which is like a wow. shopping mecca, right? Mm. And many blocks, not a single person walked by me. You know, it's interesting. I went to uh, Griffith Park earlier today to hike where the old abandoned zoo is. And it was like a Saturday. There were so many people and animals. Oh, yeah. So so I think getting out in nature is one thing that we can we can do right now and, mm. and to, to use this time wisely. In fact, uh, when we're social distancing, that it doesn't mean that we have to uh, not go out. It doesn't mean we have to stay in our homes perpetually. In fact, that can be unhealthy because it can be me mentally unhealthy. It can be mm. uh, depressing. It can be upsetting for a lot of people. And so we can still practice social distancing in nature and getting sun, getting out in, in you know, the natural environment. And I, I find that if we use this time for that, we're going to be slowing down. All of us are slowing down. And a lot of us are, are affected. Our careers are affected. I know, Ryan, you and I, we've had quite a few you know, financial setbacks because of this. But mm. uh, those are inconveniences, and it's unfortunate. Uh, thankfully, we have an emergency fund, and and we may have to tap into that. But um, I, we had to cancel an entire tour, or, or at least postpone it for now, and we don't know how long it's going to be until we can reschedule that. So right now, it's effectively canceled. And um, we had to stop production on our next Netflix film, mm. uh, Less Is Now. And we had to reschedule all of that, and we're in the midst of, of rescheduling it. But it's going to take a lot to reschedule it. And also, uh, things are up in the air with the podcast, obviously. We're going to keep doing podcasts. We might try, have to try some remote things like this. I know it's not uh, the most ideal situation, but we want to make the, the best of, of these circumstances. And so, Ryan, I, I, put, I put together a few things. I, I pulled together a few things for this because we did the pandemic preparation episode with T.K. Coleman and the subsequent uh, Maximal episode called Coronavirus, which uh, just came out. And, and, and there were, I think we covered 95% of the things I wanted to cover. But the things that we didn't cover is I wanted to give some people some additional perspective and maybe some reasons to be hopeful in these times of uncertainty, of worry, of anxiety, of despair. And um, the first thing that I, I thought of here was uh, our friend Paul Saladino, uh, Dr. Paul Saladino, he's a medical doctor. He uh, had a scientific look at the coronavirus on his podcast recently, and he shared this quote let me pull it up. It's on my, my Twitter account. You can follow me over there. It's just at JFM if you'd like. But uh, he had this quote from uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, who is the uh, Buddhist monk. Y you all are probably familiar with him. But uh, this this quote really stood out to me. And and, and because a lot of us are panicking right now or semi-panicking. Uh, Ryan, mm. I, I, uh, I think I, I shared with you a photo if not, I'll send it to you. But a photo of I went to Target this morning before they opened, and there was a line down the block to get into Target at yeah. Yeah, seven thirty a.m. or whatever it was. And I just needed to buy regular supplies. I wanted to buy a bottle of Lysol, and I and so I showed up with a mask on because I have a cold, and I don't want to get anyone else sick. I also had gloves on, and. Um, there was a line and there were a lot of people panicking. As soon as they opened the doors, people went running for paper towels and, mm. and running for all of these things. And wow. really, that's not that's not behaving like a member of 
of a community. In, in fact, it's it's the opposite. People are panicking. Uh, we need some people to display calmness right now. And so this quote from Thich Nhat Hanh was this. When the crowded refugee boats met with storms or pirates, if everyone panicked, all would be lost. But if even one person stayed calm, it was enough. It showed the way for everyone to survive. And so while I was in Target this morning, I, I paused. I let everyone do their panicking, their rushing. They weren't acting like community members. They were acting, acting like selfish, solipsistic hoarders. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But um, I, instead of rushing along with them, I stopped by, you know, kept keeping my distance from the workers there, but about 10 feet away, just, I, I went up to some workers and said, hey, thank you for being here today. I, I really appreciate the fact that you're here. I know these are scary times, but everything's going to be okay, and you're really helping out. And after saying that to quite a few workers, you, you could see like, oh, they needed this calm person because they felt the anxiety of all of these other anxious people who were literally you know, door busting. Uh, we used to use that term back in our retail days, Ryan, the door buster sales. But that's mm-hmm. kind of what was happening here yeah. uh, today at, at Target. And so I'm so glad did, you bring that up, man, because like that is for anyone listening to this, when you see someone doing their job, like going about it normally, like every time I see the post office worker, I had to go to the post office uh, earlier today because my my grandmother, who is retired, lives in Florida has no toilet paper. The retirement home she's at gave her a couple rolls, but I had to go, I basically found some facial tissue. Uh, she couldn't even find that, not online, not at a store near her. So I had to like go to the post office and mail her, mail her some facial tissue. And along the way, it was like every worker I ran into, I'm like, it really means a lot that you're doing this. Because if you weren't, society truly would start to break down even more than what people think it is. So going out of your way and just saying thank you to those people, that is, that's huge. That goes so far. Yeah, what you're talking about there, Ryan, is, is sort of restoring some humanity. Because right now, yeah, we talked about this on the Preparation Podcast. And, and uh, you can go back and listen to it. It's episode 224 of the Minimalist Podcast. And we talked about how you're going to see the best of and the worst of humanity. Do your best to be the best part of humanity right now. And, and I, I would like to make an argument right now that these so-called preppers are often the least prepared for a crisis. And and the reason I say that is you can't trade canned corn and ammunition for the support and trust of a loving community. Uh, I can tell you, Ryan, every place is out of hand sanitizer right now, right? Yeah. yeah. And I walk to my corner gas station, and they usually sell hand, hand sanitizer, you know, right there at the counter with sure. the gum. They have yeah. like a little bin of it. And so I walked in there to buy some gum couple days ago and uh and uh, a topo chico and uh, i said hey do you have any hand sanitizer left padilla i I, I greeted him by his name and he was like oh no we don't but i saved one for you (laughs) and and, you know it's funny the i just talked about how the, the preppers are least prepared for this and and you can't trade this stuff for a loving community mm-hmm. and i tweeted that and there was someone who said uh, the problem is you can't eat the trust of a loving community. Mm. And uh, my response to that was, it sounds like you've never experienced a loving community. Because mm. I know right now that if for some reason, Ryan, I ran out of food at my house or I mm-hmm. ran out of hand sanitizer. Um, in fact, uh, it's funny, that same day that I ran out of hand sanitizer, I went to go get a prescription filled at my local pharmacy. It's a compounding mm. pharmacy and they know me well. I walk in, they know me by name. 
And he's like, hey, man, do you need any hand sanitizer? I'm like, uh, I mean, not really. I just got a bottle. He's like, I can compound some for you if you'd like. Like we don't hmm. we don't have any in stock, but I'd be happy to compound some for you. I really hmm. and, and and so he's a member of my community. He was mm-hmm. looking out for me, and yeah. I know that if I ran out of food, I ran out of toilet paper, I ran out of paper towels. That I've done enough to contribute to my community up till now. That I can certainly find someone who's willing to lend a helping hand to yeah. me. Yeah, you know it's interesting. I mean, because you keep saying the word prepper, I actually I'm part of this men's group, as you know, and there's a gentleman who is part of this group, who is a prepper. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had this, uh, it was two weeks ago, we had a meeting and he was just going through, you know, his ammunition and all his supplies that he has and all the, the canned cream corn, whatever it is. Yeah. But really where his focus was, it was community. Mm-hmm. And, and what he was talking about was, is he was like, you know, I have these things so I can take care of my community because I'm going to need community more than I need canned corn. Mm-hmm. He goes, but I am prepared for you guys to uh, uh to come here and he had a whiteboard and like list like every single one of our names were on it you know uh in a crisis situation you know uh, we, we were pretending like it was a crisis situation there were these jobs listed out with each of the names and it was uh it was just amazing man um and i guess all that to say is i think there's a difference between um running in and, and door busting i don't think those people are preppers i think they're i think they're hoarders and I right. think they're, they're panickers. Yes. Um, and, and I think that's what we need to avoid doing. I love Trader Joe's right now. There's a line to get in Trader Joe's. They're only allowing a certain amount of people in. Um, I had to go a couple of days ago. Totally got in. They had plenty of stuff. Uh, they give you a little heads up. Hey, you can't buy more than two of one thing, um, which isn't a big deal at all. And the store is more empty than any other, the slowest time you could think of during the week. And they do that intentionally to stop people from panicking because they realize that the store is crowded and the shelf starts to empty the panic starts to set in so seeing trader joe's do something like that uh uh, to help people not panic i mean it's unfortunate that they have to put those regulations in place right but uh but yeah i mean really what i'm just trying to get at is the worst thing we can do is panic and then react to that panic i do i've totally felt panicky during this but sure. I haven't re- I haven't reacted towards it. Um, I've had to take a lot of deep breaths. I've had to sit there and tell myself like, okay, it's going to be okay, and uh, it is going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, I wish that you know the, the people door busting and buying hordes of toilet paper. Um, I wish they would think twice before before pan- doing panic buys. It's not even an Im- impulse buy; it's a panic buy. Right, and what you're doing is you're actually hurting your community in those situations. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you did it, great. You can't change the past right now. But what you can do is now, if you have excess, you can try to help someone who is in need because otherwise you're doing the opposite of being part of a community. You are, uh, you, you are simply creating your own, you know, your own fortress, your own toilet paper fortress here right. and, uh, or, or food fortress or, or whatever. And, and I, I can tell you one thing that I'm doing, Ryan, is I'm not shopping differently from how I was before, with one exception. I used to go to the grocery store about two to three times a week and I'd buy mm-hmm. smaller quantities. Now I'm going once a week because of social distancing. And I'm still buying the same amount that I would for a week. I'm just buying it in one day as opposed to going two or three times throughout the week. I'll tell you and- what, man. I-, I will never take for granted being able to just pop into the grocery store. 
Because I do, Mariah and I do the same thing. It's like we kind of plan our meals out one or two days in advance. Mm-hmm. Because Trader Joe's is right there. It's so simple. And we get to go for a little walk and get groceries. I mean, completely different situation now. And uh, I don't know, man. I, I don't. Is there anything else that? Um, and I'm I'm not trying to pivot away from what you were talking about, but it just makes me think about all these things that we take for granted that. Uh, that we're now noticing like, oh, wow, like just a simple thing is going to the grocery store. A simple thing is being able to be in a recording studio together when you have some, you know, mild cold symptoms, a simple thing of, of getting guests to come out here. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many things that are, it's hitting me in the face. Like I I just didn't even realize I was taking for granted. Well, let's talk about that because uh, I think what's going to happen now is yes, we're realizing it uh, because we can't go to a lot of these places. They're either closed because they have self-regulated or depending on what state you're in i just saw today in ohio mike dewine is shutting down all the barber shops even oh wow and so uh, and, and beauty salons and all of that so those are all again things that we tend to take for granted I, I can just go get a haircut right i can walk down the street or drive uh, a mile or two away and and, and get a haircut that's mm. not a problem well i actually can't do that right now if you live in, in dayton ohio for example and so wow. Uh, that's, that, that's something we take for granted. Now, here's what's going to happen, Ryan. I, I'm, I'm not clairvoyant. Uh, I, I, I don't, I can't predict the future. I'm just speculating here based on, I have a lot of experience in, in retail. And so do you, uh, mm-hmm. you and I both worked in retail during the heydays of the oddies. We also worked in retail and managed a lot of retail stores in 2008 when the bottom fell out of the market. And, and here's what I can tell you. I, Three months ago, you remember this, Ryan. Uh, I was predicting a retail apocalypse before all of this, this uh, coronavirus stuff. Yeah. Hit. And what I noticed now, just walking down the street today, is there's more and more empty shops, and there are a lot of these are mom and pop shops that you know, they're unprofitable the first 21 to 28 days of the month. That means they make all their profit. They're in the red the vast majority of the month. The last three to eight days of the month usually is where they are profitable, which is usually fine if you're open 30 or 31 days a month. Mm-hmm. But right now, uh, you're going to have places closed for at least two weeks. I think it's going to extend much farther than that. Oh, yeah. Uh, and you're not you're going to go back to these places and they're not going to reopen. There's going to be a lot of gyms, a lot of yeah. restaurants, a lot of uh, um, you know, studio spaces, jujitsu studios and and, and um, bars and barbershops and salons and and all of these different places that actually just aren't going to reopen after this. And that is going to cause a bit of a spiral, I think. This isn't to make mm-hmm. anyone panic. This is to say, you, you talked about the difference between hoarding and preparing earlier, Ryan. This mm-hmm. is to say, be prepared and also be appreciative for what we have. Uh, if you are someone who works in the service industry, and I know a lot of people listen to this podcast do, and Ryan and I worked in the service industry for a very long time, uh, you can pivot. And now is a good time to pivot because there are going to be a lot of service jobs that are going to be different, right? If you work at your local bar or local restaurant, you may, for the time being, be out of a job. It doesn't mean you you can't do something else. You know, they are the the nature of service is changing, and so a lot of delivery places are really ramping up how many people they are hiring. And that doesn't mean just working for uh, some of these apps like Postmates or someone like that. Although that's a good short term solution. But a lot of these places have their own delivery people. And, and so 
realizing that the service industry is going to, I think, make a dramatic shift. I think the retail industry is going to make the shift it was going to make over the next 18 to 24 months. That shift is going to be made over the next 12 to 16 weeks. Yeah, totally agree. There is, uh, I mean, what I'm hearing you say is that there is a recession coming. I mean, if you already look at the stock market and yeah, businesses who are, you already hear business owners talking about how they might have to shut their doors. Um, yeah, the question is, is not if, it's when. Um, and then when it starts, you know, when this coronavirus thing, I don't know if it's going to take uh, a vaccine to get us through this or maybe the numbers will start to drop off with all of this uh, social distancing and these curfews that are being put in place. Um, but maybe, you know, we'll be able to recover, but you know, my inclination is to say, yeah, it's going to take, what did you say? Six to 12 weeks. It's going to take I'm six to 12 weeks, 12, 12 to 16 weeks, probably. Okay. Yeah. So 12 to 16 weeks, it's, it might take us 12 to 16 months to, to try to just start it, start to get back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, I, I feel like we're about 18 months away of, of getting back to normal, but I'm going to put a caveat on that. It's going to be a mm. new normal. And I think we're yeah. actually going to see immense growth from this. I was talking to our mutual friend, uh, Sean Mahalik today. He teaches uh, my writing class with me. He's a very talented novelist. And we were, we were just going back and forth today. And he said, you know, I think some incredibly positive stuff is going to happen in the world once this virus is under control. And um, we're going to adapt in, in powerful ways, economically, medically, governmentally, uh, technologically. And, and through these times, you're going to see a lot of innovation. You know, we're going to see fewer yeah. things that are touch-based. Uh, doors are going to start opening like they did on Star Trek. And and a lot more things are going to be voice-activated, including elevators. And, and, and uh, the medical field is going to to change. And we, we realized like, oh no, we only have a hundred thousand ventilators and 400,000 beds in the United States. Yeah, and, that's nuts. We'll actually have an epidemic response team in place probably. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we just might again. And, um, yeah. and, and so, uh, we're going to learn a whole lot from this. And in the mm -hmm. meantime, I want, want to just say this, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about, you know, what to do, Everyone knows to wash their hands. We, Ryan and I aren't getting on here to tell you to wash your hands and keep six feet away from people. You already know that. We know that for the time being, that's the best thing to do. But let's also talk about how we can use this time wisely. Because yeah. quarantining, this is now the time for you to really create. We're not going out and consuming anymore. All that consuming we took for granted, most of it we're realizing right now, oh, I didn't need to do that in the first place. And now this is being thrust upon me, right? Yeah. This is the time to create. And I'm not saying you have to create your masterpiece right now, but maybe you've always wanted to write a short story. Maybe you've wanted to write a book. Maybe you've wanted to start a blog. By the way, we've got a great uh, a great guide to start a blog. It's just theminimalists.com slash blog. We've had over 20,000 people use that thing to start their own blogs. It's exactly how we started our blog 10 years ago. And it's the best creative decision we've ever done because it led to all these other things with the podcast, the the tours, the books, the the films, et cetera. It all started with starting a blog. Or maybe you want to start a podcast. Ryan and I have a guide for that as well. It's uh, just theminimalists.com slash microphone. And uh, uh, maybe you wanted to learn a new skill, guitar or yoga or, or something else. Now is the time to do that. 
because you have the time. And yes, of course, you know, you can spend it watching reruns on, on Netflix or whatever. And of course, there's a time and place for that. Or maybe you wanted to read a bunch of books. You probably have a bookshelf full of books you haven't read. Now's a good time to start cracking into those. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm trying to finish this book with you, Ryan, right now. Love People Use Things. And I'm going to be using this time to finish this book. And I'm reading more books as a result, uh, reading more articles. And you know what I'm going to do less of is I'm going to read less about the coronavirus. Um, I think it's good to be informed. I think being bludgeoned with information is a bad thing. Yeah, constantly so, be watching out for breaking news is going to break you. Oh, yeah. Well, that's so Tweet well that put. podcast, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ryan, I've got this article. I want to read some of it because I think it will be helpful here. It's our friend Cal Newport. Yeah, He wrote the book Digital Minimalism, and he has this blog post, and we'll put a link to it in the show notes as well. But it's called On Digital Minimalism and Pandemics. And uh, it goes a little something like this. One of the more profound representations of the soul in, Western, in the Western canon is the chariot allegory from Plato's dialogue. And it, and it says, the, chariot, the charioteer of human soul drives a pair. And secondly, one of the horses is noble and, uh, is noble and of noble breed, but the other quite is quite the, but the other is quite the opposite in breed and character. Uh, and then he goes on to say, as elaborated by the character of Socrates in the dialogue, the charioteer represents our soul's reasoned pursuit to cultivate a worthy life. This task requires the charioteer to allow the noble steed, representing our moral intuitions, to lead the way while preventing its ignoble partner, presenting our base instincts from drawing the soul off course. In digital minimalism, I use this allegory to help understand help understand how to navigate both the promises and the perils of modern technology. The minimalist, I argue, deploys technology in specific, intentional ways with the goal of empowering the noble steed. The maximalist, by contrast, deploys technology casually, allowing it to immeasurably boost the strength of the other horse. I'm bringing this up now because it occurred to me that these ideas have probably never been more relevant than amidst the anxiety caused by the coronavirus pandemic. In this current situation, for most people, the constant monitoring of online news about the virus is providing pure fuel to the, igno to the ignoble steed, dragging the allegorical chariot away from what's good and awe-inspiring about life, even during turmoil and toward bottomless anxiety and pseudo-paralysis. The ignoble steed always craves more of this attention-catching information. What if something extra terrible just happened? What if I find a link that makes me feel better? But in this feverish pursuit, the charioteer loses control. Hmm. There is, I propose, a simple two-part solution to this state of affairs. First, Check one national and one local news source each morning. Then, and this is the important part, don't check any other news for the rest of the day. Presumably, if time-sensitive updates that affect you, uh, if there are any, they will be 
they will arrive to you directly by email, phone, or text. This will be really hard, especially given the way we've been trained by social media companies over the past decade to view our phone as a psychological pacifier. Which brings me to the second part of the solution. Distract yourself with value-driven action. So uh, he goes on to say, Don't, this doesn't mean abandon all technology. I'll let you read the rest of the article there, Ryan. But no, we, I, we, I, lo- I love this article. How, yeah, he, yeah he, is, he is showing us how to stay informed uh, instead of drowning ourselves with information uh, or drowning ourselves with technology for that matter. Totally agree. And, and that's the thing. We can use the technology to our benefit. We could check it. Once in the morning, make sure that you know the world still exists outside the the walls of our quarantined homes, and, and then, and this is the big part. After that, focus on he says creating something of value, but but or, or doing something value driven. But I would say create something of value, right? Yeah. Uh, do something that is worthwhile. And we talked about some examples there. But there's something you've been meaning to do, and oh, I just haven't had the time. Well, guess what? Now you do. Time was an excuse before, and you did have the time. We all have the same 24 hours in the day, but now you're recognizing it. Use those hours wisely. Amen. Um, I think maybe we wrap it up on this. There's a tweet from uh, Mike Birbiglia. The wise philosopher Mike Birbiglia. <laughs> his new comedy special was really great. It's about parenting. If you're a parent, you'll really enjoy it. It's on Netflix. Anyway, his tweet says, let's be honest. Social distancing from a few certain people has been nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's great. That's great. Man. Yes, indeed. So, Ryan, um, let, let's, just, let's just say this. Now is not a time for alarm. It's not a time for panic. It is a time for awareness, for caution, Mm -hmm. for vigilance, and for acting accordingly. Uh, It is a time for social distancing. It's for acting appropriately because we want to be responsible for the people around us. Even if you're not scared of the virus for yourself, uh, you may pass it on to someone else. Even if you pass it on to a kid and they're asymptomatic, they may pass it on to a grandparent. And if that grandparent is really struggling, uh, with their health, then you know, the mortality rate is upwards of 20% for people over 80 and uh, just uh, older people in general uh, are at much higher risk here. If you're looking for a deep dive into the science, we'll put a link into uh, in, in the show notes. Uh, Paul Saladino really broke down the science between SARS-CoV-2 and uh, also the first SARS virus, which we know as, as SARS, right? We, when you hear about SARS, it's just SARS-CoV-1. Mm-hmm. The differences there between that and also uh, the flu virus and, and MERS and, and uh, some different viruses, but also what we can do to keep our immune systems healthy during these times. And, and Paul believes that if you have a strong immune system, that's really going to be your best defense in all of this. It's not yeah. going to prevent you from getting COVID-19, but it will certainly help you fighting it, fight it off if if you do. Yeah. No, I think it's important people, uh, they, they do dig into the science because some of it, uh, I don't know, it, it some of it makes me panic more, but then other pieces of it... Uh, uh, kind of alleviate some of the the crazy you know panic that I that I do experience, but ultimately, man, like this is what I hope this quickie episode does for people. It helps them a to to, to panic less. I hope it helps them to uh, first and foremost take care of yourself and make sure you're healthy and that your friends and family uh, that that they're taken care of. But also ask what you can do for your community. You know, is there an elderly person next door you can help out with? Um, I Los Angeles is a different place right now, man. Like it is, I have never, I have never seen people so friendly in LA 
And it's unfortunate that it takes something like this uh, to, uh, to happen in order for people to act that way. But I am grateful for it. And, uh, you know, as long as we keep treating each other well, and as long as we te- keep taking the appropriate precautions, we're going to get through this just fine. But before you go and buy 67 rolls of toilet paper, uh, you know, make sure someone else has it before you take it all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's think about others. Obviously we need to think about ourselves, but let's think about others and realize yeah. that you are going to be just fine. Uh, even if you don't have toilet paper, you're going to be fine. And maybe mm-hmm. just maybe, maybe you needed this challenge right now. Maybe this mm-hmm. is going to put you in that discomfort zone and, and maybe you needed that. Maybe you're going to thrive because you're getting through this time of survival and it's going to make you stronger as a result. Maybe you needed this reset. Maybe mm-hmm. I did too. And uh, maybe we all needed to slow down a bit because uh, we were going a little bit too fast and we can't keep going at that speed forever. We're going to experience some whiplash, but guess what? We're all going to heal. Let's heal together. All right, y'all. Love people. Use things. See you next time. See ya. Thanks, guys. Don Minimalists. <laughs>